PFG Private Wealth Management LLC is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. The topics and information discussed during this podcast are not intended to provide tax or legal advice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed on this podcast. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Insurance products and services are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed insurance agents. The rules of retirement have changed. No longer can most of us rely on Social Security or a single pension to fund our futures. We're living longer, and retirement doesn't just last a handful of years anymore. Instead, you might stay retired for 20 or 30 years, and maybe even more. We need to look at retirement through a new lens, with fresh eyes, with a new approach and plan of attack. Here to answer the call are financial advisors John Texera and Nick McDevitt of PFG Private Wealth Management, serving you throughout the Tampa Bay area. This podcast is Retirement Planning Redefined, and it starts right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome into this edition of Retirement Planning Redefined with the team from PFG Private Wealth. Got John and Nick here with me as always, financial advisors. Guys, what's going on? Nick, how are you, my friend? Oh, doing pretty good. You know, just been... uh just like everybody else, uh, working remote, working from home and, um, you know, kind of biding, uh, biding my time through this, uh, process. Yeah. Yep. John yourself. Yeah. Pretty much the same. Uh, you know, like Nick working from home and just, uh, keep myself occupied with some things to do around the house. Yeah. You know, I saw somebody, you know, a lot of times people say, well, we're all on the same boat together. And I thought, you know, I don't think that's quite accurate. And so I saw something that was kind of cool. It said, we're all in the same thunderstorm together, but we might be rowing different boats. And I thought that's probably a little more accurate. We're all in the same kind of, you know, massive, you know, storm here. And everybody's got, you know, different little nuances that different states are doing different things. Different people are dealing with economic issues, issues different than others, health issues, personal issues, stress issues, whatever. So uh, it kind of all falls into a same storm category. I thought that was kind of a cool way of putting that. Yeah, I think the personal experience that um, you know people are having, kind of like what you said, is you know pretty drastically different from you know not only region to region and state to state, but you know family to family. Yeah, uh, true. You know, dependent upon what they you know what occupations are, and or you know just uh, there's so many different factors that it just it, it's it's going to be interesting to see kind of what, you know, movies come out down the road and, you know, the different forms of media and when, when we can actually look back and just kind of, Oh yeah. That'll be really interesting. Of it. Yeah, for sure. Well, we're going to kind of go easy today. Actually, we're just going to kind of keep it in this vein. Uh, we've been spending so much time talking, we do doing multiple series parts on different things. We thought we would just scale it back a little bit this week and just have a conversation about, uh, just life and just kind of, you know, peel the, the layers back if you will. So, we kind of kicked it off a little bit with personally, you guys are doing okay. How's the families? Everybody okay there? Uh, my end, yeah, everyone's good. Um, you know, we, we got a, just reminded of some people listening. I had a one-year-old named Aria and a four-year-old named Olivia and my wife, Jenny. So yeah, we've just been quarantining here and um, trying to keep them busy. And they're definitely keeping us busy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Nick knows I kind of threw up my back uh, a couple of weeks ago. I think I was just chasing around the kids and then doing too, way too many home projects now that I'm stuck at, at the house half the time. So I definitely uh, I haven't thrown out my back and uh, <laughs> I also have not had to chase around a, a one year old and a four year old. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I've been able to a couple of times spend some time with 
immediate family, parents, uh, brother, sister-in-law, nieces, and my brother and sister-in-law, they're still working. My sister-in-law is a nurse and my brother has a business that's considered essential. And so uh, my nieces are nine and 10. And uh, so my parents have been, they haven't been working because of everything. And so they've been able to kind of take care of the nieces and and I spent some extra time with them and kind of got to see the experience of what it's like for them to, uh, you know, attend school remotely and some things like that. So it, it's been a, a little bit different perspective. Are, are you uh, are you zooming in and, and being like a guest teacher for for a day? Uh, Uncle Nick going to teach them about, you know, whatever? <laughs> no, definitely not. I, no, I quiz them uh, on some things here and there. But, uh, <laughs> you know, some of this uh, Common Core stuff and some other things is pretty, uh, pretty wild. Um, so I just I'm there for moral support. John, you got to give us the skinny. Could he substitute teach? Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> Only due to patience. That's uh, it. <laughs> you got the math down, right? With the patience level, maybe it's a little, uh, yeah. little different. I, yeah. I could present and uh, not allow any questions. There you go. There you go. Community wise, you know, how's things in your specific area? You know, we, we pulled the curtain back before here on the show. Clearly, obviously, we're social distancing. We're all remote, you know, in our houses doing the podcast. But even prior to that, we were already doing that because I'm actually in another state when we do these shows. Of course, you guys are there together at the office or whatever the case might be. But how's the community near you? How's things going there? Yeah, so pretty good. Um, You know, Nick and I are are both involved with a nonprofit group called the 13 Ugly Men. And um, one thing that we did as uh, as our membership here, we did a feeding Tampa Bay. So we donated a hundred thousand meals to meals to those in need during this time that um, you know need need to eat and need, yeah. don't have the funds to go ahead and do that. So that was pretty cool because we did like a match donation, and then we coupled it with a Facebook Live event where we had a DJ you know playing, and then people were tuning in. You know, maybe they were bored at home and needed something to do during happy hour, and they kind of logged right. in and, and had a little bit of music to listen to. So it was it was interesting to see kind of using uh, the Facebook platform to engage in you know our, our guests that usually attend our events, and um, you know using that platform also to raise dollars. And, you know, again, Nick and I are both in that uh, group together. And then Nick's also involved with CASA. So he can jump on that because there was, I know they did some type of thing, Nick. So, yeah. So CASA is a domestic violence organization in uh, Pinellas County in, in St. Pete. And I've been on the board there for, uh, it's got to be over uh, around close to 10 years now uh, at this point. And may have mentioned it in a previous podcast, but when this this whole thing was starting, I had been kind of following the news in, in pretty significant detail. And uh, my main uh, venue to gather news is Twitter. And on Twitter, I had seen a post by the founder of the company Slack, uh, which is a, um, you know, a tech-based company uh, that's actually kind of stood out over this period of time. A lot of, uh, I know they've kind of gotten a bigger footprint during this period of time, but so the founder of Slack, they had gone public last year and uh, he and his fiance had created a foundation and they had decided to uh, donate a million dollars total to four different sectors of nonprofits. And uh, I had come across it and they, they did a matching program. It was a five to one matching program. So essentially, if, the, uh, if a local organization that fit into their you know, four tiers and one of the tiers was domestic violence, if that organization was able to essentially secure donations and then forward the the proof of donation to their foundation, uh, they were going to match it five to one. And pretty amazingly, we were able to to rally both the board and local donors to raise 
we raised $25,000 locally and um, the founder of Slack matched it with $125,000. And so we were able to raise $150,000 in less than 24 hours, wow. which is pretty awesome. So yeah, the, it was pretty cool. No, both of those are amazing. That's awesome, guys. Kudos for that. That's really, that's great. And I imagine that, you know, obviously those things are very well received. We're seeing a lot of that stuff happening all over the place, but that's really awesome. You guys are, you know, continuing to do that right there in the backyard, so to speak. And with your own clients, obviously right there, you know, in your backyard, again, so to speak kind of thing. How's things going with that? You know, we, we briefly talked about some of that a couple of weeks ago, still going okay with the working remote. Are people adjusting to that a little bit better? How's that going? So, yeah, I think people are. I think, um, you know, Nick and I have actually been doing, before all this happened, we started doing more remote meetings. And um, I think clients are finding that it's actually a pretty efficient way to meet. And it actually maybe helps us meet with them more often um, where they're, you know, they're not having to drive and, and coordinate schedules. And it's just a little bit easier. So I think one of the things we'll see coming out of this is that we'll probably, even when this is over, probably start doing more remote meetings with the screen shares and then, um, once we get back into the office, we'll probably do more video stuff. But, um, you know, I think uh, things are going to change and go more in that direction based on people just becoming familiar with the platforms and, and being comfortable with it. Yeah, it's one of the things that we've seen a lot as well. You know, I interview a lot of people all across the country and some, you know, especially for the client base being retirees, pre-retirees, a lot more folks have embraced it, I think, than initially thought, which, you know, I, I, I kind of thought that'd be the case. I mean, you know, just because you're older doesn't mean you're not tech savvy. But I know that there's some, you know, there's kind of points where some folks feel a little uncomfortable still. Uh, and it is different, I suppose, you know, you know, being on a platform like like Twitter or Facebook, for example, versus being on a, a Zoom call with a camera coming in and, you know, is catching you in the living room. But, you know, again, you're scheduling these things to, you know, and you you've got time. There's there's secure ways to do document, you know, portals for transferring delicate information. And, and that stuff's been out there, you know, in the cloud anyway for a while. So I am generally seeing across the country that more folks are embracing it than I think maybe some skeptics originally feared. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Uh, it's pretty typical. Oftentimes, you know, whether it's new technology or adaptation to what's going on is oftentimes spurred by what's happening around us. And so, you know, the platforms have been around for a while and, you know, they've the reality is that they're pretty easy to use once you, you know, kind of take uh, one, what you know, you, you get through it for the first time or so. So, and really the communication with clients initially was, you know, kind of getting everybody to hold the line. And one of the things that we've been seeing maybe for the past week, week and a half, maybe two weeks, and uh, we had a conversation with a client today is, you know, the disconnect between the market and what's happening around us um, still being in, you know, Florida is just opening up now, but a lot of other states are still locked down and things like that is that, you know, the market's responded and pulled back from its lows, you know, for the last month plus now. And people, from what we've seen, they haven't really caught on yet that, you know, the market has responded pretty positively and we've bounced off the lows pretty significantly. So yeah. that's one of the things that we're going to be working on from a, a messaging standpoint moving forward is obviously we don't know what's going to happen over the next six to 12 months. But right, right. From the standpoint of finances and the market and, you know, where things are, you know, it's not nearly, I think, what a lot of people, the, the, the feedback that we've gotten from people is, uh, when we've kind of explained like, you know, how much they're down from the beginning of the year has been kind of like, oh, that's it. And uh, which is always good to hear. Um, sure, yeah. But it's uh, it's been an interesting thing because, you know, John and I are, are so knee deep in it, you know, day to day that, you know, it's just kind of a good example of 
you know, help it, uh, the importance of communication, helping people realize like where we really stand from the standpoint of uh, how the market works and, and their overall plan. Now, that's a good point because a lot of people initially obviously do the ostrich thing, right? It's going down as bad as it was in, in March. And, you know, you don't want to open your statements. You don't want to look. My brother, he's 62. He was in that, you know, I kept talking to him through through things. And finally, a matter of fact, to that point, Nick, that you just made about a week ago, he, he finally looked and he goes, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't as bad as I thought, you know? And I yeah. said, well, April, I said, technically April, it kind of got lost in the shuffle all this, but April was one of the best Aprils the market's ever had is like 28%. Now, granted from the bottom, but sure. you know, not from the top, but still it's, you know, you got to find those silver linings. You got to found, you know, find those little victories where we can get them. And, and there, like you said, there could still be plenty of volatility ahead. Who knows? But, you know, doing the ostrich thing usually doesn't do you any good either. Cause I kept telling him, he's like, well, I don't want to look, I can't, I, you know, I can't <laughs> handle it. And I said, well, okay, but let's say, let's go on the bad foot. If it was bad news, the sooner you find out, the sooner you can start to address it. If you just keep ignoring it, it's like a cavity. It's going to get worse. You know, it's like, but if you, and then you end up being pleasantly surprised anyway. So you have to look at it, you know, through a, the right perspective, the right lens. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Uh, well, you, you know, you mentioned Florida reopening. So how's that going with the phase one thing? You guys have been on that what uh, this week at the time we're taping this? So, yeah, yeah. It's been this week. So far for me, I haven't done anything different. So I'm, I'm still in quarantine <laughs> mode. <laughs> so, right. So, right. Uh, you know, I think one of the biggest differences is certain stores I've been to are now requiring face masks. So now when I go in there, you just kind of see everyone with a mask on um, where, you know, maybe two or three weeks ago, that wasn't the case. I don't know what Nick's been doing different, but I think we're in the same boat. Yeah, not not too much different on my side. I will say, because I do live in downtown and uh, downtown St. Pete here, it's been interesting to, and each day I've either been kind of going for a bike ride or a walk or, you know, something to get outside. And, um, you know, they started putting tables out. Uh, there's a lot of sidewalk dining here. So they started putting the tables out because... The restaurant capacity is 25% inside and then all, they have outside seating. Oh, interesting. So starting to see some people, you know, sitting at tables and more people walking around. Um, the beach is opened up on Monday and the park that I go through, it's called Vanoi Park here. The last month or so, every single day, the park has been, you know, people did a pretty good job of kind of distancing, but pretty packed. You know, you could just tell people needing to be outside and starting Monday, the park was empty, uh, which is kind of shocking. So I don't know if everybody that was going to the park automatically went to the beach, but so that's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how things continue to progress. Yeah. Interesting. The state difference too. Obviously you guys in Florida, I'm in North Carolina, your, your restaurants are doing outside dining and limited seating. We are in phase, our phase one, but that's not allowed. There's still absolutely oh, nothing on inside restaurants at all. Uh, it's mm -hmm. still takeout only, which, you know, it's a strange point. You know, we went to pick up some, some stuff for, uh, taco Tuesday and my wife wanted to so let's do taco Tuesday. And there was like 25 people standing outside waiting to get their order. It's like, you might as well just let, let them in or let a portion of, <laughs> a portion of them in. Cause there's still that many people. There were in a pretty small window in a strip center trying to wait you know, by this one door. So yeah, it's interesting how the different areas are doing all the different things. So we'll, uh, we'll hope for continued improvement and all those you know good components that come with it. And I think what we're going to do, we'll wrap this up. Uh, I just kind of wanted to touch base with you guys and just see how things are going. So I'm glad we just kind of had a, a little bit of an informal chat, not necessarily the X's and O's this week, but I was going to ask you a question, just kind of a fun little hypothetical I've been asking all this week. What's something you're looking forward to? If things, you know, things get back to normal, what's something you would enjoy seeing or doing once again, John? 
So I'm looking uh, forward to uh, not doing uh, swim lessons in my pool and bringing them back to a school because uh, I've been YouTubing how to teach a, a one-year-old and a four-year-old how to swim, and and I'm not a very good teacher. So okay. uh, <laughs> that's something that uh, I look forward to. Okay. Nick, what about you? What's something you look forward to? For me, I just really look forward to sitting with some friends watching sports and perhaps uh, eating something that tastes very good and drinking something that tastes very good. <laughs> there um, you go. Yeah, right. that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. About. All right. There you go. I imagine neither one of you are in a boat alone for that one. There's probably a fair number of those. Real quick, I was going to ask one more thing before we go. How's your school systems looking? Ours have said that schools as of now plan to reopen in mid-August, uh, which would be obviously for the next school year. Are, are they already talking? I imagine since you guys sound like you're ahead of us, they're probably having those chats too. Uh, I think the school, the current year is, is definitely not going to be, and Nick, if you know, just jump in. I believe the current year is not going to be going at all. And right. The plan is to start back up, you know, which is mid to late August. Down yeah. Here, so. Sounds like the same thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think around the same idea. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, and I'm sure all the parents are looking forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, I think that was one uh, interesting side effect. To all this people are like, wow, this, the whole teaching home thing is a lot harder than it think. You know, people think it is. So, yeah, I'm thinking that the uh, the teacher unions are uh, getting their their talking points uh, right, right. ready to roll uh, for a few months from now and uh, yeah. working on a bump in pay for sure. Exactly. Exactly. Well, all right, guys. Well, thanks for your time this week. I appreciate it as always. I hope you guys continue to stay safe and stay sane. And uh, folks, if you have uh, if you need some help, if you've got some questions. Well, first thing, you know, definitely subscribe to the show. We'd certainly appreciate it. And uh, you can do so by going to Retirement Planning Redefined. You just search that out. Retirement Planning Redefined on Apple, uh, Google, Spotify, and the little search box for podcasts, wherever you get your podcasting apps. Just type that in. You can find it and subscribe to it that way. Or you could go to their website, which is pfgprivatewealth.com. That's pfgprivatewealth.com. If you're already subscribed or a client, then that's great. We certainly appreciate you tuning into these. And if not, you know, give them a call if you've got some questions or concerns. 813-286-7776. That's 813-286-7776. But definitely hit that subscribe button. And we'll see you next time here on Retirement Planning Redefined with John and Nick, financial advisors at PFG Private Wealth. 